comes up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day that I die I said hey Hey friends, this is Chapman Gary Rayburn, and the road is our life, and we got another great program for you, and hey, I've got a cold, my voice may not sound the same, but don't worry, I've got a mask on my microphone, so it should be safe for all of you listeners out there. We got a couple of great guests you're going to really enjoy. Joe Rview is one, and Joe, we have Preston McKinnon with us today and he's a friend of yours i'm gonna let you introduce him it's a little early for me what is it nine uh it is nine o'clock somewhere yeah it's nine o'clock somewhere <laughs> well, that'd make a good song wouldn't it well, i think somebody thought of that already. oh they already got that yeah. one all right well you may have to I, write actually something. nobody wants nine o'clock they want the five o'clock <laughs> All right. After work. Well, Joe's with us today, and he's got a brand new CD out. Tell us about that new CD, Joe. New CD is called Living Good Life. Living Good Life. Having a good life. <laughs> Amen. Life. Living Good Life, man. Yeah. You got it in you. Jesus put it in you, so Amen. you got to live it out. Amen. All right. Well, introduce uh, our listeners to our guest today. We Preston have, is a good friend of yours. He is. We have Preston McKinnon from beautiful downtown Greenfield, Greenfield, Illinois. <laughs> Greenfield, yes, And they sir. are green. Yes, they it's green, green up there. That's, yes. a, that's farm country up there. And, it's uh, Green County, matter of fact. Well, it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Green yeah. County. I'd say you're rolling in the green. Rolling in the green. <laughs> <laughs> I met Preston maybe three, four years ago now, I guess. Three, anyway. Yeah. Uh, somehow got booked in his church and uh, Charity Southern Baptist Church yep. in Greenfield, Illinois. Beautiful church, beautiful people up there, and uh, got to know Preston, and, and uh, I think we're, you know, both both kind of full of it, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully it's uh, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But it seemed like when I'd go up there and do a concert that uh, we'd talk more than I did the concert, so I thought it might be a good idea to have Preston to come to uh, Wayne City, Illinois. Anyway, one of the main reasons I wanted to ask Preston to come is he does a ministry on Facebook 
and it's little devotional things that, that I've seen uh, several times. What do you do every week? Is that right, Preston? I try to do it once a week. I think that's about all they can handle of me. <laughs> a little bit of me goes a long way. <laughs> but I think they're just really down to earth and, uh, what, four or five minutes long, and you're sitting in your pickup. Set, usually in my pickup, yeah. yeah. By the way, that's one thing that we all got in common is we all drive old pickups. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think mine's the newest. I got a 98. Yeah, I got a 95. Mine's a 94. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. And mine's a Dodge. Uh, I got a Ford. And uh, I got a Chevy. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was my daddy's. Yeah, he was a Ford man. Yeah. And y'all clean too. I'm yeah. you both got nice truck pickup trucks. Well, let's find out all about uh, Preston, pastors of a church in Greenfield, Illinois. Yeah, and uh, can I ask Preston a question that you're not supposed to ask? Go ahead and ask it, and then we'll let you know if you can or not. Well, one time I saw this little old lady, and it was her birthday, and I said, "Can you? Will you tell me how old you are?" And she said, "That's a personal question." I said. Well, then how much do you weigh? <laughs> and she said, it's the same number. It's the same number. <laughs> so, Preston. Uh, well, I, I'm no 400 years old, I can tell you that. <laughs> but you're a big man. You're well, a, I'm 6'3", if I stand up straight. And yeah. About 390, you know, yeah. depends on before or after Thanksgiving. Um <laughs> My wife, I, I my fluctuate wife is, through the holidays. <laughs> my wife is actually the perfect height and weight. She's four foot six and weighs four sixty. <laughs> <laughs> but she don't chew no more, right? <laughs> she, she but she still got that corn cob pipe, you know. <laughs> it's amazing a woman like that can still ride a broom. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. You know, I, I, I do know one thing for sure. She never listens to Lonesome Road Radio. <laughs> Evidently not. <laughs> you know, I, I I did have a a ministry of losing weight, believe that or not. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it lasted a few years. Uh, I don't know if I've ever even told you this, have I, Joe? A little bit. They told me a little about it. I might share just a brief about that. Go I mean, for it, man. Kind of in my early ministries. Um, you ever you ever get to a place where you think you just got a test of water and then you figured out, wait a minute, I I, I think I uh, should have just kept on the bank instead of testing it. <laughs> um, but I, I really thought I was doing the right thing. It seemed right at the time. Yeah. But I, uh, oh, I had the flyers and I did workshops, uh, you know, Anywhere that would have me, I was doing workshops because uh, you know losing weight—that's a big, big deal, especially in the United States. Sure, you know, yeah. sure and is. Uh, I would say let's do it God's way, and I spell way instead of W A Y W E I G H T. You know, for uh -huh. weight. Yeah, let's do it God's way. And uh, I had lost two hundred pounds. I was down wow. to about one eighty-five. And most of my friends thought I had cancer. They didn't know what up was wrong with me. I just I didn't look good at all. Yeah. That's something. If you're fat, you don't look good. And you're too skinny, you don't look. It's hard to please people. <laughs> I'm sure glad God's easier to please than people. Amen. Amen. But uh, I did. I really. I kind of went overboard with it, um, and uh, I got caught up in it. I was sidetracked from what. I really should have been a doing is uh, ministering the gospel, but I was caught up in this flesh. And uh, yeah, if I may, I, I'll share with you. Um, uh, God, God uh, can use several things to bring a person back down to earth. I mean, to get your attention. Um, you know, they always say, you know, uh, pride comes right before the fall, yeah. and. Uh, I was. I was full of pride. And I never will forget, I, I went into, uh, I was asked to speak at a men's conference in St. Louis um, at a pretty large banquet hall, you know, at a really nice hotel. And I was so pumped up and I was excited about it. And I I didn't want to drive my old pickup truck. This is a, an old one that I had. That's all I had at the time. And, and I uh, went out to uh, Enterprise to rent me a car. 
and I didn't reserve it. I just showed up out there, and I said, yeah, I need a car to go to St. Louis and back. And he said, well, I got this brand-new Corvette out there. It was a convertible. <laughs> of course, I had my suit on, and there, 180 pounds, uh, a lean, mean preaching machine, I thought. And uh, I said, that would be sweet, go down there mm-hmm. and look like somebody, you know. And uh, so we went out there, and, of course, they had to do the walk around and make sure there's no scratches or dings in this brand-new car. And we walk around it, and and I know this sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just grabbed a hold of me, and, and like he just slapped me across the face and said, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. And I, it wasn't an audible voice by no means, but it was just – and I told the guy that, I said, I can't take this car. What else you got? He said, well, I got that little Ford Fiesta over there. <laughs> it couldn't have been any more uglier. And I said, I'll take that. Yeah. And I remember I was going down uh, uh, 255, and I was going to get ready to get on 55 there in St. Louis. And I, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I feel like I'm a, an aluminum siding salesman in this car. <laughs> I was so humbled. <laughs> Nothing wrong with aluminum siding salesman, but that's the way I felt, you know. And, of course, I pulled up in that parking lot in that conference, and there was a lot of men there. It was a men's conference, and I was to come to encourage them to lose weight. There's a, there's a lot of fat Christian men out there. Um, yeah. I guess you can say fat on the radio. Well, you can. I mean, okay. Yeah. But because uh, I got a mirror. I mean, <laughs> I ain't blind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I walked in there, and lo and behold, they was going to have this full buffet. And I mean full. And I'm thinking, <laughs> and it wasn't just, you know, uh, bananas and, and uh, strawberries. I mean, this thing, biscuits and gravy in the works. Praise God, you know, I'm thinking, well, we're going to talk about fat Christians and uh, after we get done eating this and... Well, they set me down, and there was a blind man that was set right next to me, born blind, and pretty close to my age, and we got the visiting, and he, I try not to get emotional, but it was a very emotional time for me, and because uh, he had already dealt with me back at the yeah. Enterprise and uh, on the car rental, but I sat there next to this blind man. And he put his hand on my arm, and he said, could I get you to do me a favor? I said, yes, sir. He said, would you mind fixing my plate? So as I went up and I fixed his plate, and all I could think about is this man's joy. I never seen a man have so much joy and peace about him and, and a contentment about him. Amen. And it impressed me so much. And I had my brochure and my notes and everything I was going to be speaking on that day, uh, that morning to encourage the men to try to get physically fit. And and I never felt so phony in my life. Um, I was just so uh, physical. There wasn't nothing real substance spiritually. But I sat back down next to this blind man, and and he just spoke into me uh, 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 more than what uh, any sermon I ever heard. He just spoke right into my life. And uh, so they introduced me, and after we got done, I went up to the pulpit, or they had like a podium. And uh, like I said, the place was had a lot of people there. And I didn't even open my satchel. I didn't take any notes out. And I just started preaching the message of the cross. And I said, I'm preaching to myself. And I said, uh, it's time that we take our eyes off of this and put our eyes up on Jesus. And uh, I was so focused on the physical man. And my spiritual man was actually uh, starving to death. I was feeding the physical, (laughs) but the spiritual man. You were losing weight and feeding the spiritual at the same time. Yes. And uh, in pride, I never thought, me being from Murrayville, that's, you know, uh, Morgan County, uh, country boy, truck driver, that I'd ever be full of pride. What do I got to be prideful over? (laughs) I live in an old house driving old. 
vehicle and uh, you know never really had a whole lot uh, in the, in the form of material things and so I thought pride can't be an issue with me oh I'm telling you <laughs> I was so full of pride I just thought I had it all figured out and so to this day I, I can sit here and tell you I believe I'm here because of God using uh, uh, certain people in my life and he used that blind man to speak to me uh, more than any pastor ever spoke to me. Changed my life, actually. Amen. Of course, now um, I probably ought to go back and see him. You know, I've gotten out of hand here with, <laughs> you know, uh, I started uh, putting my weight back on and uh, everything I did lose, I put it back on. But like I always said, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go by the way of the grave or the rapture, but either way. I got a new body waiting for me at some point, and it's going to be glorified, and it's going to be Amen. perfect. Um, this old thing's I, I've, I've, I've been pretty abusive to this old body. Uh, I've not been a good steward with it. Uh -huh. But uh, praise God, I'm glad that God uh, doesn't look on the outside, <laughs> you <Amen>. know, because <laughs> we'd be in, old, be in trouble, you know. Uh, if that you is true that we are the temple of God. And I think we get to thinking about that when we get older. Yeah. You know, when you're young, you don't think about that. <laughs> but you only got so many years left, and, and this is the this is the house. This is it, yes. Of your spirit. Absolutely. And you got to live in it. You got no choice. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's changed my life. Um, you know, you when you're heavy, um, it, it changes uh, a lot of things in your life. People don't realize that that's not got a big weight issue, you know, because um, the, the easy fix is, why don't you just lose weight, you know, to stop yeah. eating? Well, that sounds easy, but, yeah. uh, but you know, I often think that uh, if this is what it took to get me uh, humble, then, because uh, yeah. I tell you what, when you're as big as I am and you have to walk around with a cane, It'll humble you. Um, yeah. It really will. Yeah. Um, it puts your mind, it's got to put your mind in a different place, you know, that you can't just hop up and and run or something. You can't do this and you can't, there's there's a lot of can'ts in your life, aren't there? There's a, yeah, there's a lot of can'ts in my life and, you know, um, I've only been out of the truck, uh, I got out of the truck in March of, uh, uh, 21 um they uh of course that's a that's a, a story of its own i probably ought to back up just a little bit uh, <laughs> i guess we got time for that oh, yeah. we got uh we got a lot of time yes sir but uh, and, and i will take oh, that ahead. story that story you're talking about uh, reminded me of a song and it's not a joe arview song but you may know it the blind man saw it all have you ever yeah. you ever sang that no i'm not saying my son sings I have heard that, yeah. yeah. The blind well, man saw it. Ask the blind man. He, he saw, saw it all. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, to play that, Joe. Uh, play that? Yeah, I've got it on a CD from uh, a group down in North Carolina. They're a bluegrass group. Great, great sound. Uh, walking by faith. And here is He Saw It All. Fire. When I heard a commotion a couple streets over and wondered what's happening there A young man was running from in that direction and stopped just to catch his breath I asked him to please tell me what was the hurry He smiled up at me and then said I was trying to catch the crippled man Did he run past this way? He was rushing home to tell everyone What Jesus did today And the mute man was telling myself And the deaf girl he's leaving To answer God's call It's hard to believe but if you don't trust me, ask the blind man, he saw it all. 
troubles and burdens you carry are heavy and dragging you down And you've tried everything you can possibly think of But there's no relief to be found That very same Jesus that altered the future of the blind man, the deaf and the lame He's still reaching out in your hour of trouble One touch and you're never the same You'll be trying to catch the crippled man Did he run past this way? He was rushing home to tell everyone What Jesus did today And the mute man was telling myself And the deaf girl he's leaving To answer God's call It's hard to believe But if you don't trust me As the blind man he saw it all As the blind man he saw it all When you said that reminded you of a song, you know what, I, I thought you was going to say that that old song, Chubby, Don't Take Your Love to Town. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you, <laughs> it's an old parody of Ruby, Don't Take Your Love uh, to Town, and it's a good one. Oh, I never heard that You one. never heard that? Uh, can you sing a few <laughs> bars of that? Well, I could, but I'm not going <laughs> to. You have right. to be in the shower to do that one. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, you was wanting to back up, so let's let's back this rig up, and we need no backup alarms going. Joe, you want to do the backup alarms? No, I'm, I'm grinding gears over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're going to back up. We're going to find out uh, all about Preston and uh, his truck driving career. He, he he, you drove trucks for how many? You said them thirty-five five, years. Thirty-five years. So we got a lot to talk about there. We're going to find out all about Preston driving for all those years, how he became a pastor, and we're even going to let you share your testimony in there somewhere oh, in there. So praise God. Uh, wh where do you want to start at there, Preston? You want to start when you was young and and growing well, up? Well, yeah, I I can start there. I tell you what, if 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 you're driving along when you're listening to this podcast, I, I want to encourage you on one thing. Uh, don't ever underestimate what God may have for you to do. And uh, uh, as I learned years ago, uh, you don't say, God, use me, because he'll use you. Sure. You want to say, God, make me usable. There you go. Make me usable. And uh, get yourself into a place where he's ready to use you. Because my testimony is, one day I'm trucking, and the next thing I know, I'm a pastor of a church. And I know that sounds crazy, and I, I agree, it is. But uh, I will start back just a little bit. I lived a, a pretty rough old life uh, for a long time. Brought up in a Christian home, never doubted Christ, never doubted God, uh, by no means, never had any... Um, problems uh, believing it's just i wasn't uh, following i wasn't living anything like a christian would live always in church me and my mom and my little sister we'd go around she was a preacher uh pentecostal preacher now you know whether you believe in women preachers or not that don't mean nothing to me i just she preached and we went and sang we yeah. uh, all sang together and uh it was a great time in our life but I I don't know that I was actually saved or not. I uh, I know I got married and I tried to go to church occasionally, but I just had a taste of the world and I was trying to straddle a fence. And if there was ever a, a sign of lukewarmness, it was me. I was about as lukewarm as you could be, and I was just out of fellowship with God. And uh, but I'd done that for several years and. Like I said earlier, I went to a little old revival over in Franklin, Illinois, at the Southern Baptist Church, and I just surrendered myself to Christ. And they always said, you know, 
if you're running from God, there'll always be a boat, just like for Jonah. Yeah. But if you want to come, God will put that fish out there, too, and bring you back. And I'm so glad he brought me back. You and said that your your mom preached. Did your dad uh, go with you all? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dad was, yeah, when he wasn't trucking, he trucked for, I don't know, for about 50 years. But, yeah. uh yeah, oh yeah, he'd make sure uh, us as kids in church and mom would preach. That's where they met down there in the Ozarks. She was down there preaching a the revival. Uh-huh. And uh, one of my uncles took, come home and said, told my dad, said, you better get church. There's a good looking woman up there preaching. <laughs> well, he went over there and listened to mom preach, and then he followed her back to Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you tell a little bit of a story about your dad. Uh, uh, a turning point in y'all's life was that uh, when you were rebellious at that point, or would you care to share that story? Well, I was a young boy, and uh, no, I wasn't uh, really rebellious until I got old enough to uh, be tempted by the world. Um, but I remember. Uh, Years ago, uh, it's been a long time. I've been married 42 years, so it's been way before I was ever married. Uh-huh. But uh, we was just kids, and my dad was in a place where he didn't have a direction. He knew he wanted to serve God, and he was trying to be a Christian, and he owned an old truck and trying to truck, and Mom had a restaurant, and it, everything was just falling to pieces. So Dad uh, told Mom, he said, I, I need to go and get get something worked out uh, between uh, him and God. And so what he did, he he had us take him. It was quite a ways from the house. I don't remember how far it was now, several hours. And all he had was a three-gallon jug of water, and we dropped him off at this patch of woods. And wow, he said, come back in three days and pick me up. And... I tell you, we were back there exactly three days, uh, and he come out of that woods, and he looked like he'd been wrestling a bear. I mean, he was, but there was a turning point in our life at that point as far as a family. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I think he did it to save the family. You know, when you got a a mom that works and a dad that's work, and then you throw uh, what I think is two um, pretty uh, trying jobs, and that's owning a restaurant, owning a semi-truck. You know, those two things, they just spell trouble. Yeah, and uh, And a lot of work. And a lot of work. And I I believe that Dad's seen a a potential for everything just to fall plumb apart. Uh So when he come out of that woods, whatever happened out there, I did know he built an altar of some type out of some stumps and tree limbs. And uh, I'm not saying that's for everybody. Um, You know... Everybody don't have to go out in the woods to get things right with God, but I, it, 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 it was right for him. That's quite a lesson, though. I mean, uh, that it, it takes extraordinary desire yeah. to hear from the Lord. Yeah. For real. I mean, it really, yeah. I think, you know, we take that for granted that he's just going to tell us everything. And we need, we need to do our part and desire that to that degree. Any dad should have something in their life that they've passed on. And that that story in itself speaks volumes for life. And it produced fruit. I mean, it no you know, it, it it had a purpose. And uh, I tell you, when he come, like I said, when he come out of them woods, uh, he, he, <laughs> he looked pretty rough. But uh, things turned around. He became, he got a union job where he was, uh, had a good income and and mom didn't have to be out of the house doing anything she was able to work there at the house and uh, do the garden and and canning and things and then uh, we as a family we went down uh, and dad bought a, bought a piece of ground and we built a church family church <laughs> amen and it's still going today. My my sister's the pastor of it today. Amen. Murrayville awesome. House of Prayer. Yes, right yeah. there in Murrayville. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's kind of funny that uh, the stories that it took to get it, you know, going and things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been great. Uh, 
my mom was a wonderful woman of God, and she was faithful to God, and yeah. and she uh, she had an awesome ministry, and she could preach that hellfire and brimstone. <laughs> I never she kind of woman that had Bible in one hand and a handkerchief in the other, and yeah. I mean she was a preaching. <laughs> But us boys, you know, we was living in the world, you know, uh, through some of that. And she'd be there in her recliner with that Bible on her lap, and she would not go to sleep until us boys was safe. And she, uh -huh. pray, she prayed us through. Now, all six of us kids ended up serving the Lord. Amen. And, uh, Just backing up a little bit, people listening today, we really think we have to have two incomes. We really think we have to have this and that and all. And, I, you know, if we'd, if we'd have an experience with the Lord in the woods for three days, yep. we'd come out with a different world view and yep. maybe a different view of our own uh, world, if you will, Yeah, that we don't need we don't need all that. Absolutely. You just uh, said a while ago that you went from being a truck driver to a pastor overnight. Uh, <laughs> you have... You, and what came to my mind was availability. Yes. Some people would say, well, Preston wasn't available because he was driving a truck, but apparently you were available because you went straight out of the truck into the pulpit. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Other well, people that's, would say, uh, I can't leave my job. That's something I did say. There's no way. Well, being a pastor wasn't even on my radar screen. <laughs> I've never been to seminary. I, you know, I, uh, I've been blessed to have some really good mentors in my life, spiritual leadership in my life. Um, of course, naturally, uh, the best, you know, I, the best avenue I took, I started teaching adult Sunday school class. And, you know, anytime you teach, you better yeah. study. Yeah. So it was, I uh, got saved in a little Baptist church over Franklin, Illinois, and started teaching the adult Sunday school class. Of course, my brother, my oldest brother, he was such a big part in, in my discipleship and and a big part of where I am today. Um, and I got into the nursing home ministry, um, and um, I give God all the praise and the glory for that. I I have no abilities outside of God, but uh, and I was at the nursing home for five and a half years, and um, still trucking every day. You know, I wasn't going to give that up because that was my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. And uh, was uh, at that time uh, I had started going to the Assemblies of God Church in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. uh, they call it City Church now. And uh, had a wonderful pastor there, because um, I was, you know, Jacksonville, Illinois. Yeah, right okay. there in Jacksonville, Illinois. Even though I was raised Pentecostal, I wasn't very charismatic, and I don't know, you know. Uh, well, maybe you are. <laughs> it, well, it's kind of funny because uh, he used to kid me when I started going there. Uh, my pastor would kid me uh, about being Southern Baptist. Uh huh. Because when it comes to talking about speaking in tongues or slaying in the spirit or any, I just stayed away from it, you know, because uh -huh. I wasn't there to cause any trouble. It was funny because I never will forget uh, I was in the bunk of my truck one night because I just loved the people of the church and I loved the pastor. Yeah. But I just struggled with a few things. And I said, Lord, I said, I was in my bunk, and I said, Lord, if there's something about this speaking in tongues and you you want me to do it, I said, just give it to me. Yeah. I knew I was saved and born again, and I knew the Holy Spirit had come into my life. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I – I don't know. It was an experience that I can't explain. But um, God had other plans for me. Mm -hmm. um, he really did, and, and I – I tell you, like I was saying a while ago, people that's listening to this, there may be something that God's wanting them to do, and it may not be on their radar screen. They might not even know it. Yeah. They might think they don't have the education or the qualifications. But uh, uh, for many years, I'd done pulpit supply. Um, that's a good way to uh, – you can get a lot of experience by doing pulpit supply. Yes. You know, going into a church and just preaching a message. 
and you leave there and you think, man, I should have said this, or I sure wish I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> and uh, you you battle that, you know, and you go back and forth uh, uh, with that in your mind. But I tell you, I learned so much, and most of the churches that I uh, did do uh, pulpit supply was in Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a doctrine that I kind of held to. I don't promote, I just promote Jesus, you Amen. know. But yeah. um, to kind of bring this around to where I was going with it is I called uh, a friend of mine, and he was the director over Sandy Creek uh, Bible Association, and that's who, our, that's who the church is in. It's Southern Baptist Association, and I called him and I said, hey, I'm going to leave uh, City Church, the assemblies. And I said, I, I want to get back in a Southern Baptist church. And I said, where do you think I'd be a good fit? Well, I'm meaning as a, as a member, as a churchgoer. Oh. <laughs> he said, well, I want to take you down to Greenfield. And... I don't know if we just had our wires mixed up or something, but uh-huh. I'm no pastor, you know. That never even entered my vocabulary because uh-huh. I was going to truck until I was too old to truck, and then this put me out to pasture somewhere, and I'd maybe uh, go do a testimony here or there, maybe preach a revival or something. But yeah, And I, I kid him about, I said, he took me down to Greenfield and dropped me off like an old stray cat and left me. And uh, <laughs> I uh, did pulpit supply for him because uh, they was looking for a pastor. And uh, I'm still trucking, and I'd go down there and preach on a Sunday and did that for off and on for a couple, three months, I guess. And one of the deacons said, well, why don't you just be our pastor? And I, I said, I'd have to pray about that. Because I said, Lord, I don't know how I could ever get out of this truck. You know, you start worrying about how am I going to pay for my insurance? And I got a, sure. I got property. I own a house. Yeah. And I got roots in Murrayville. Been there all my life. Yeah. You know, I don't have no intentions of moving out of my hometown. Even though Greenfield's <laughs> only 20 miles down the road, it just will be in 1,000 miles. Yeah. Cause, uh, but, you know... When I prayed about it, I said, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. Amen. Because um, I don't know what I want to do. I want to stay in this truck and just preach once in a while on a Sunday. Yeah. That's what I want to do. But I said, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. So I told him, I said, yeah. I said, if you'd let me uh, stay in the truck for just a little while and get my ducks in a row, I said, course they know i don't have any education i don't even have a high school diploma they kicked me out of school at 14 years old and told me not to come back and i didn't go back (laughs) you don't have to tell me twice (laughs) you don't have to tell me twice (laughs) and that's another whole story but i'll tell you joe and i know you've experienced this in your life before as well God can uh, make doors open that you you didn't even know the door was there, let alone be open. Yeah. And uh, but I I had the uh, job of having to convince my wife because you know we're one. I mean she's she's yeah. my wife. I mean, and uh, I'm going to ask her to uproot everything she has there she was a stay-at-home mom a wife but uh so it ain't like she had to quit a job but to give up her home and yeah. and all that she had and and, and i ain't no pastor's wife well, <laughs> hey yeah she made that pretty clear and i told him i yeah that's one thing and i i'm going to be a little bit critical here that's one thing i think churches make a mistake they think that yeah. they they hire the pastor then they just assume that the the wife's on board and she's going to play the piano and lead songs yeah. and teach Sunday school because class. Because the last one did or, or whatever, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, that's putting a lot of pressure on a sure pastor's wife. But I, well, I told him, I said, my wife ain't going to be that. I didn't even know I was going to be a pastor. <laughs> You're really <laughs> taking her by surprise. <laughs> but I tell you, she she uh, she hung with me, you know, because she loved me. It ain't something that she wanted to do, I'll tell you. Yeah. But, uh, I told her, I said, 
let's trust the Lord. And uh, I told my boss, I had the greatest boss in the world. I, I actually drove for her 30 years, and uh, I was over the road before that. I was regional the last 30 years. But she told me, Tiny, she goes, I knew that this day would come when you'd be preaching at a right? church. Yeah, she knew it. So she gave me her blessings. Matter of fact, she paid me severance pay. She paid my insurance for a little while. Uh, I mean, I couldn't have been more blessed. Yeah. Uh, financially, uh, we sold out. I, I I didn't think I'd be able to sell my house, you know, where I lived. And it sold so quickly. Uh, and it just it couldn't have worked out any better. And uh and I was very honest with them that, you know, what what you're getting is, uh, you know, you're getting up a, an old, wore-out, crippled-up guy. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. if you're looking for a pastor that knows how to do computers and can play basketball with the teenagers, I'm not your man, <laughs> you know, because I didn't apply for the job. It's You know, it's always funny you get a job that you never applied yeah, for. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's usually the best kind. But I will tell people that's listening – you know, get into a ministry that doesn't require uh, a lot of uh, money, uh, commitment like that, or or even moving. Just be somewhere local and, and be plugged in and start a, a small group, a Bible study, a nursing home ministry. Amen. Do something, you know, church camps. Uh, they're always looking for people at church camps and and what have you. And Well, then people in them nursing homes, they're not listening anyway, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I had the greatest time at them nursing homes. Uh, well, I was in the one right there in Jacksonville, but uh, I tell you, you 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 go in there and you look at them differently when you're ministering to them. When you walk in there and you kind of, you know, softly talk to them and think they're going to break if you touch them or something. Some of them people are tough old birds. I mean, <laughs> they've been around the horn and they've and uh, yeah. But I tell you what, and and I say this humbly, to God be the glory, I've seen people uh, get saved and uh, uh, able to lead them to the Lord, and they'd, they'd tell me, said, I've been in church for 40 years, 50 years, and never heard the message preached, and never even heard about hell, and uh, things like that. Yeah. And, and You take it for granted they know it all yeah. about God because they're old. But I tell you what, if you if you ever have an opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord that's in their eighties, late eighties or nineties, your world will change. Amen. Um, I will. I never will forget the first uh, one I led to the Lord at the nursing home. You know, God's the one that draws people. We just you know yeah. kind of help them get maneuvered that way, but. Uh, she said, could I talk to you after service? I said, yes, ma'am. She was a sweet. Her little old hands was crippled up, and she was sitting in their wheelchair, and she's the sweetest little lady. She probably didn't weigh 80 pounds, her little old. And she said, uh, I'd like to talk to you after church. And I said, yes. She goes, you know, I don't think I'm saved after hearing, oh, wow. hearing your messages preached and about how, believing it in your heart. And I pre always preach, you know, you got to know, you know, yeah. like old Adrian Rogers always said, you got to know that you know. Yeah. You know, we don't want to hope so salvation. We want to know so salvation. Amen. Her little old hands are crippled up. She goes, she goes I got to tell you, preacher, I spent a lot of time in the back seat of a car when I was younger. <laughs> and, and I, I didn't know where to go with that. I said, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I, and I can't remember her name now, but I said, I said, don't worry about that. I said, we all, but it caught me off guard. Uh, you just don't. And, uh, but I tell you, she said, she goes, I want to be saved. I want to know I'm going to heaven. I said, well, praise God. And I led her through, um, you know, the message of the cross and the, the gospel. And, uh, and it wasn't long after that, she went home to be at the Lord. Amen. Wow. But uh, I knew that she was saved. But she was just so worried about that sin yeah. hanging on to her. And I said, 
you don't worry about that. That's all forgiven. That's amazing. I yeah. Mean, no telling how long ago that was. It's still right there in, in her memory. Yes. It, and that, and I, you know, that's the way sin is, you know. Because yeah. sin leaves uh, some pretty ugly scars. You know, I'm suffering some consequences of my past. Uh, you mentioned that a little bit while ago, but didn't elaborate too much on uh, when you were rebellious. Oh. <laughs> Well, I went through this stage where I thought I was going to drink the brewery dry. Huh? I don't. I had a powerful taste for beer, and I don't know why. Uh, but that was a vice in my life. You know, when I when I surrendered to Christ, sometimes uh, the things we enjoy the most are the hardest to surrender. The old man, he he, you know. Uh, there's some habits and, and likes and dislikes that don't really change that conversion. It's that spirit, you know, that uh, the new man inside, um, what I always call the flesh, you know. Yeah. Like the Bible said, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. But what I did is I, uh, and I will say this, uh, you got to be intentional about it. Um, but I walked away from alcohol and, and, um, Never look back. Gary, what is it old Terry Hopkins says about that? (laughs) Uh, He goes to a restaurant and sees them bottles. I wonder how many divorces is in that bottle. Yeah, there you go. How many fist fights is in that bottle? I'll tell you, God's formula is not the same for everybody. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. When I was, before I got saved, I was an alcoholic. Okay. I was a drug addict. Oh, really? I was. Yeah. Praise God. And uh, I can remember being in my semi-truck at a truck stop. I got there late because the, they quit selling alcohol at midnight, and I got there after that. And sitting in my truck that night, shaking so much because I didn't get that fix that I needed. I needed that beer, yeah. if you will, whatever it was, to help me sleep. And I, I was an, I was an alcoholic, Amen. and I couldn't do, go one day without drinking. Now I was I was a functioning alcoholic. I could drive all day, but I had to have that beer at night. And uh, that day that God saved me out there on the highway, I cried out to Him, and He lifted me up out of that mire clay, and He set my feet upon the rock. Yes, He established my going, and He put a new song in my mouth. He put a new desire in my heart, and I never ever touched a drink after that day. Amen. I never had a desire for a drink. I never had a, a withdrawal. I, God took it all from me right there that day because He knew that if he didn't, he wasn't going to be able to use me. Now, some people don't get that. I don't know why. It's, That's right. That, they got to take that up with God. That's right. God's Amen. got a different formula for them than he did for me. But uh, God will clean you up. He can clean you up, and he will if you cry out to him and ask him to come into your life and take over your life. And, you know, my prayer was that day when I got saved, hear my Lord Use me. Yes. And we talked about that earlier. Yes. Sometimes that might not be the best way to say it, <laughs> but it was for me. I wanted to be used. I didn't want to go back and sit in a church and be a crusty old Christian. Yeah. I didn't want to be a, a frozen chosen, if Amen. you will. Amen. I wanted to <laughs> go back and sit on my blessed assurance. I wanted God to use me. There's got to be something that I can do for God. Hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't have no talent. I don't have no gifts, but that's when God started giving me stuff to write. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just amazing how God works, and nobody has got it figured out. Well, you know, sanctification is a process. You know, just this process of our life, and our our whole life is a journey. Yeah. And like I said, from the moment of my conversion, I— well, actually, uh, I had actually quit drinking about six months before I surrendered my life over. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was going to take hold or not. I didn't trust myself. When I did become uh, uh, born again and, and had a true conversion, I'm not going to say I lost the desire for it, but I, I knew that I would didn't want to be around it or touch it. Uh, there's been a couple times that I thought, man, that sure would taste good, you know, get them mowing the yard or something. Uh. But, I stayed away from it. I don't even. I remember uh, after 
I got saved, I wanted to witness to some of those beer drinking buddies of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to this one guy's house, and he always had a refrigerator of beer out in his garage. And he was out in his garage, and I started talking to him. He said, "Here, you want a beer?" I said, "Yeah, give me that." And I opened it up and poured it out on the ground. Oh my! <laughs> he said, "Don't do that." I said, "Well, don't hand them to me then." <laughs> Oh, I said, you already know what's happened to me. I've oh. given my life to Jesus. That's and I'm, cold I'm not... air, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time he ever offered me a, a beer. You, you broke him with that, didn't you? Yeah, but that's that's what we, you know, I've heard guys say, well, he offered it to me. I, didn't want, yeah. I had to do it because, no, you don't. You don't have to. You have a free will in this. And, and if you're going to serve God, you need to serve him with all your heart Absolutely. and all your being, and that's I sold out. I sold out to him, and you sold out to him. You're, you gotta, you, you gotta be intentional. And, I mean, and when people at, I had a guy call me one time. He said, "Well, he said I don't see nothing wrong with drinking a beer. I, I work hard all week. I come home and I just crack me a beer and and uh, and just sit back. And I don't see anything wrong with it. What do you say, preacher? I say, well, I can tell you what's wrong with it. I said, you got any kids? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, uh, you probably even have them go get the beer for you, don't you? He said, well, yeah. I said, what do you think you're teaching your kids? Absolutely. You're, you're going to church, calling yourself a Christian, and you're drinking a beer right in front of your kids. You're teaching your children how to act and how to, how to live. And that is not what God would have you teach them. Yeah, and when they're 17 rolled out it, there. That's the exactly highway. what I told him. I yeah. said, when you, how old is your son? He said, well, he's 14. I said, what, what happens when he's 16? Can he drink then? You okay yeah. with him drinking yeah. when he's 16? And, yeah. Driving and down the yeah. road. He, Dad does it. He goes to church. He's a good Christian. Yeah. Well, the truth of it is, is there's never been anything good come out of alcohol. No. I mean, it just, it's got bad news written all over it, and uh, it, it leads to heartache and pain. And, and Yeah, if you want to, I want remember going to a party uh, when I quit drinking, which I was pretty young. But yeah. I remember going to a party that I would normally have been drinking with the folks. And I was miserable sitting there with the people that was drinking. I thought, you got to be drinking to enjoy this. You know how I knew that I kind of made it if you, if, you, uh-huh. if you look at it in them terms, like when I finally achieved um, some kind of a status to be known as a Christian. And I hope that don't sound arrogant, but just like letting my light shine, like yeah. my light was shining or my... My good works was showing up someplace and making some kind of a difference on people's lives. Is whenever I stopped getting the invitations anywhere. Uh-huh. I used to, back in the day, why everybody and their dog would invite me. Come on over. We're going to have barbecue. We're going to have yeah. this, swimming parties, and, and all this. Well, I tell you, once it became real and my testimony became real, yeah. the invitations dried up. I mean... Yeah. But I don't get offended. I take that as a compliment. There you go. And uh but you was talking about drinking and trucking and I never will forget my brother, my middle brother, he struggled with it. He's went home to be at the Lord right now. We lost him and uh been tough losing him, but uh I was pulling a reefer uh, when I first was over the road and I was in Ontario uh, California at, uh, uh, 76 there. And, uh, I was sitting there one night and it was probably, I don't know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And that truck stopped probably hold, you know, five or 600 trucks. I seen this guy walking by and he had a 12 pack of beer in his hand. And I thought, <laughs> man, if, if I didn't know any better, I think that's my brother. And I got to looking at it. Well, it was your brother. It was my brother. Your kid. No, I ain't a kid. And he he actually drove for the same company, and uh, uh, we didn't know. Of course, I don't even think we had. We didn't even have cell phones at that time. See, that was before yeah. cell phones. So I didn't know where he was at. I, he could have been in New York for all I know. I'd, yeah. And I honked my horn. He looked out. And he, he got in the truck. We had a great visit. But what are you doing in California? I'm getting a load of something. And <laughs> it was funny because he, he struggled with alcohol for many, many years. And uh, like he was the one I was telling you about. When he got saved, you knew he got saved. Uh-huh. I mean, he let her, he let it all out on the there altar. You there you go. You know, they always heard that the altar was 
to uh, alter your life, you know. Yeah. And uh, but before he got saved, we uh, uh, somebody had took my truck and hit a cow with it when I had it at the shop and bobtailing. Uh, and I was home for the weekend. Well, the dispatch called me and said, Tiny, we're going to put you in a different truck. Somebody took your truck for a joyride because they found beer cans in it and <laughs> hit a cow with it. Brand new Freightliner. I oh, mean, wow. it was all stretched out and chromed up. And Well, there's my truck. So me and Pat get this bright idea. We're going to team together. <laughs> I'm no teamer, and he wasn't either. <laughs> in fact, we was out in Little America, Wyoming, and we got into a brawl. We love, you know, how brothers can love one another, but just can't get along. <laughs> that was us, I guess. We got in a big fight in a restaurant, went out the truck, and we still mad. And I got in the truck first, and I threw his uh, duffel bag and his thermos of coffee out on the uh, parking lot, and I said, "I don't care how you get home. I was going to leave him, leave him in Wyoming." <laughs> <laughs> I pulled up about six feet and getting ready to leave, and then I backed up and picked him up. <laughs> oh, boy. That brings back some bad memories. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, oh, that truck, and I, I wouldn't trade some of that for anything, but I wouldn't want to live through some of that again. Amen. But, you know, when we leave this uh, podcast, I, I, I would want people to that's out there, you know, just trust the Lord. If he's calling you into something, doors will be open. And uh, don't ever uh, uh, neglect to go someplace if he's called you just because it don't pay that good or there's, not a, lot right. of, yeah. there's not a lot of bells and whistles. Um, you know, like we talked, I drive an old 1994 Chevy pickup, and I couldn't be happier. Amen. Because I tell you what, I couldn't be trusted with a new Silverado Um uh, <laughs> You know, all jacked up and four wheel drive diesel. I couldn't. I'd want my name on the side of it. I, think, <laughs> I really think I would. And there, God, there, I'd be dealing with that pride again. To us. <laughs> We're going to give you a chance to share your heart with uh, our listeners and invite them to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior here in a minute. But first, we want to play a Joe Arview song. If you got any uh, Joe Arview songs that would go along with uh, the message that you've been preaching today. Well, I tell you, I like them all, and I'm terrible with titles. So uh, uh, you, you mentioned living good life. We talked a lot about living, living life. good life. How about that one? All right. Well, here's a new song off of Joe's brand new CD, and it's called Living Good Life. There you go. Amen. To destruction, the scene that I saw, it bore the fruit of corruption. Then I met Jesus, who changed me inside, and now I'm living, living good life. Welcome to heaven, I'm living good life. Right by my side I'm Gonna take me someday To the land far away Where I'm going to live Living good life Right by my side 
Tell people how to get a hold of you on Facebook and how where your church is located at. You got a website and all that, but go ahead and share your Facebook page and your. Does your church have a website? Well, we have a Facebook page. There you go. That's uh, that's where everybody's at nowadays. We're, we're located in Greenfield, Illinois. It's Charity Southern Baptist Church. You know, uh, they're in Greenfield. My name is Preston E. McKinnon on Facebook. Yeah, uh, I'd encourage people to go to your to your page and watch your videos you yeah. put out every week. They're really good. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate good. that, Joe. And we are going to start trying to air them right here on Lonesome Road Radio. Oh, praise God. Preston yeah. E. McKinnon. Preston yeah. E. McKinnon. It's M-C-K-I-N-N-O-N. Well, Preston, you got a message on your heart that the listeners need to hear right now. We're going to let give you a, a chance to, to just share your heart with our listeners. Well, thank you, Gary. It's first. It's been a pleasure to be here. Um, I've really enjoyed this to be with you and Joe and see what you got going here. But if there was anything that I said today that uh, I would want to resonate in the minds of the listeners, um, and it's this: is that we are born with an eternal soul, and uh, there's no question about it. And our soul. Uh, um, is uh, something that God is wanting to save. And uh, he done that through his son, Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. And I know it sounds complicated. Sometimes we make it complicated. We, we put too many do's and don'ts out there. But I would encourage you that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, is that you would seek, uh, you know, God's drawing you, but you, have to, you can seek his face and come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and let him uh, have an influence in your life like no other. And to know that God can uh, hear your prayers through Jesus Christ is such a blessing. Just ponder on that for just a moment that you speak something down here on the face of this earth and God the Creator can hear you. And uh, that's only done through Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you today. uh, I know sometimes we make it complicated because of church and certain rules and regulations, but uh, put all that aside and, uh, and, and start a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you to get him plugged into a, a good Bible teaching church and get to know your pastor and your deacons and people that can really have an influence in your life. And who knows what God may have uh, for you to do. But uh, uh, I would say first and foremost that uh, my message to uh, anybody that's listening would be start a relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, let him lead and guide you through this world. And uh, it'll make a difference in your job, in your family. Your, uh, it'll, it'll have a difference in your finances, uh, in your marriage, uh, your co-workers. And there's such a, a benefit of following Jesus Christ while we're living in this world. Um, you know, the idea of having peace that uh, uh, this world can't offer. It's, uh, the Bible says it's a peace uh, that surpasses all understanding. And it's we talk about people with anxiety and, and uh, uh, depression and things. We can surrender these things over to God. But I would encourage you to find somebody that ha- can be a positive influence in your life, spiritually speaking. Uh, we all need a spiritual uh, mentor in our life. I have some in my life today, and, and I've been serving God for quite some time now. But I still need that spiritual influence in my life from uh, other men. And uh, so I would encourage you to uh, get plugged into a church and start your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. People don't, sometimes people don't understand that we actually are, uh, you know, received an inheritance and we're adopted. Amen. 
That's a beautiful thing to be adopted. It is. Especially when you're a lonely old orphan like me. You know, I was eating with the hogs. Yeah. And, uh, man, I'm so glad he was waiting out the. I always say the father was looking out the kitchen window and say, here comes that prodigal of mine. Get back in there. <laughs> and, and kissed him and hugged him and gave him a brand new pair of shoes. Uh, man, that was me. Uh, amen. Well, there's some prodigals out there listening right now, and God is waiting for them to just make a U-turn Absolutely. and come back. And his arms are wide open, and he's going to make you the richest person on earth if you'll just come to him right now. And that's all it takes is a simple little prayer. Absolutely. You can just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and change my life, and I will live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. listen page and uh, broadcast from the past and you can download and listen on your phone or bluetooth it into your vehicles from our web page hey this is chaplain gary rayburn and remember god loves you and we here at lonesome road ministry hey we love you too we'll talk at you later now i'm pressing on each step leads me home, trusting in my Savior day by day. Close is our relation, firm is its foundation, so on this solid rock I'll stay. I'm standing on the rock.